Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is a player profiler faithful it's maddie kewoom welcome to episode 25 of the game plan oh my lanta do i have a fantastic show for you all today i have an incredibly special guest on today's show and this is a guest I'm not going to lie, I have been very excited to get on the game plan so we can talk a little dynasty. So gang, get out your pens, get out your pads, and let's start game planning to win in our dynasty leagues. Planners, my guest for episode 25 is a good one. I mean, I had to go big for episode 25, right? This guy is a writer and a content creator for Player Profiler. Com. He is the co-host of Believe in Lions alongside former NFL All-Pro safety Glover Quinn. My man is undefeated against the Fugazi that surrounds the NFL and has the best mustache in all the land. I'm talking about Mr. Seven Days a Week himself, the host of Player Profiler Today and a true football journalist, Mr. Jack Cavanaugh. What is up, my brother? Damn, that introduction, you got me smiling in the back, uh, sitting in the back, just smiling to myself, listening to that. My goodness. Excited to be on the show for the first time. Excited to be back talking to you. Always enjoy our chats. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a oh, good yeah. one because I don't know if you've noticed, being a pretty big couple news days lately, something, some weird event going on right yeah. now. Yeah, it's like a football players are doing something right now yeah, somewhere in the country olympics. the underwear olympics i don't know nfl combine season we all love it we can all make fun of it all we want but we're all at nfl network and we're all checking out those 40 times in the workout metrics but we have a great show like jack mentioned we're going to talk about maximizing 2023 rookie value in drafts right now but before we dive into the good stuff i gotta hit you a little surprise attack jack and I'm pretty sure you're going to nail it out of the ballpark because you're a damn profesh. So here's my two-part surprise question. Part one, how long have you been playing fantasy football? And part two, how would you describe your fantasy management style? Ah, that is a good question. I started playing fantasy football. It would have been 2009. 
So 2009 to 2019, that's 10 years. 2020, 2020. You make you do the finger counting, man. Come on. 2020, <laughs> 2021, 2022. I am entering year 14 of Woo! fantasy football. And I'd say my fantasy football style is one of grinding the waiver wire and one of nailing the draft. I'm not a big in-season trader. I, I, I'm not afraid to, and I will if the move makes sense, but you'll see a lot of guys going out there just trading to trade. It's, no, that's that's not ideal. Oh, you, you're you a trader. Yeah, player. I can't help it. Harry Snowman's in the chat. Shout out to you, Rob. Uh, he did a great job on Player Profiler today. Uh, he, he, was he did great. Fantastic. He, but he's he up says, there on the all-time guess. He was great. And he says, no tic-tac tradebacks on Baker Mayfield. We are in the TGIF together, and I did. I, I I did one of my cardinal sins here and forgot that I traded for a player from him and tried to trade him back for an increased value. Not the best. <laughs> not the best. But, yes, <laughs> not the best. Oh, uh, goodness. Baker Mayfield, he's getting buzzed. You could go to the San Francisco 49ers now. Ooh. Hey, I'm, it's super flex, so I'm trying to grab those QBs. But, no, you are right. Sometimes I've buried myself quite a bit up to my neck in baking bad trades. So that's all right. That's good. Okay, we're talking about drafts today, so I'm glad that you kind of like hyper-focus on drafts to really try to recoup value throughout. So let's dive right in, shall we? We shall. So in the offseason, the game plan for all of those just tuning in now, I like to do a big-picture conversation with the guests and then something actionable, something really – through the process breaking down, and we have a mock draft that Jack ran, and we're going to break it down here in segment two, so stick around for that. But first question I have for you, in terms of maximizing the 2023 rookie value in drafts right now, why is it so important to maximize that current draft value when you're getting into it currently? Well, because it's only going to go up and up and up in price. Rookies get more valuable. There are a couple of peaks Mm-hmm. where we see them really start to gain value. The first one already happened. That was at the Senior Bowl. You get all the hype coming out of the Senior Bowl, and some of these guys, they gain just a little bit more value. Zay Flowers, not at the Senior Bowl. He was at uh, the NF, not the NFLPA, the Shrine Bowl, mm-hmm. dominated there, and that started this the Zay Flowers conversation, and so on and so forth. Roshan Johnson, his value hasn't climbed enough, but he is one of those guys that saw his value increase at the Senior Bowl. So we've already missed one value spike. We've got the other one going on right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to see value spikes from all of these players that end up doing incredible testing. No one expected Tyquan Thornton to be a thing last year, and then he gets drafted in round two because mm-hmm. he runs a sub-4-3-40. So the value is going to go up again when mm-hmm. all of these guys. We saw it with Kenneth Walker when he runs sub-4-4. People weren't sure about Kenneth Walker. doesn't matter. He ran a 4-3-something. You're good. So we see that every year at the Combine. And it'll spike again at draft night because we'll see these landing spots. And then that will be the more risk averse people. Cause there's a lot of people. Well, I, I, I'm worried. I, I don't want to draft a rookie. I don't want to draft these guys. I don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of being us at player profilers. It doesn't matter where these players are going. We know the talent level. We know what round they're going to get drafted in. And so we remove that risk. And then we'll see another, the final value spike comes at different times for different players, but when that first off-season hype piece lands, yes, New York players, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, those kinds of players this past year, anyone in a big market, when the beat reporters start talking, they're going to overhype the rookies because they're excited. This is something new and something shiny, and then people will start to overvalue rookies. And so now you are getting 
peak value mm-hmm. on the end of the weekend. You'll get a little bit less value from these guys. They'll shoot up a little bit, but there's still plenty of time to continue to get excess value because you know that Bijan Robinson's going to be a first round pick in fan this year. It's going to happen. He's going in the third round in, in this draft that I just did. He sleeper. It's ridiculous, but all these guys are going to gain value. All of their ADPs are going to get harder to draft. So mm-hmm. now perfect time. And we have to take advantage of it as it comes. We have to predict what's coming. NFL draft combine senior bowl, shrine bowl, any of those type of like highlighted practice games throughout the offseason. I call them launching pads. That's what we call them here on the game plans, launching pads, because every time they approach these stocks can just shoot through the roof at any given moment. Uh, you talked about value going up. That's typically most trends on most rookies. I would even say, but where are these pockets? Are there pockets where the value could go down? And when they do, do you leave them alone or do you like to jump in? Because you, like you just said, they may peak if they don't run as fast as they're supposed to at the combine, but then they go to a landing spot and holy shit, it goes right through the roof again. It kind of depends on just how bad the combine is. There's thresholds. And when mm-hmm. you get a guy like Isaiah Spiller last year, after he ran out the combine, we were out. We were completely out. Nope, mm-hmm. not touching it. Don't care how much the value creators, Isaiah Spiller, he's a bad pick. Mm-hmm. We ended up being correct. Isaiah Spiller was a terrible pick, but you get some other guys that disappoint just a little bit. Guys that don't run as fast as expected. Maybe they run hurt like a Keenan Allen type. Mm-hmm. Then you're still in. And so this is the importance of having a background in these rookies before the combine and the importance of being able to evaluate the news as it comes in. Like when LaVisca Chenault hasn't panned out yet, but I'm still a fan. And when he runs a four five two, we think, okay, well, he's got a torn groin, so I don't really care. That doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. That's still impressive. So Lavisca Chenault's stock drops after that slow forty, and we capitalized. It didn't work out, but it's just something you have to follow. You have to be following these rookies before the combine. You have to understand who they are, and then when we get the combine results, you have to understand: Are we double counting this? Because we already knew Jalen Hyatt was right. going to blaze in the forty. If he runs a 4-2, that's just double counting if we move him up because of that. Mm-hmm. And we, I actually had an episode of the game plan a few weeks ago talking about how I you know, hire my scouts, so who I like to listen to, how I listen to it. And you actually just touched upon it there, and I always go back to this. I think it's so important, is have your preparation and have your North Star and do not double count. If you expected, we all expected uh, Bryce Young to be smaller than the rest of the class at the, you know the first rounders, and then he comes in, he's 5'10", 205, and we're like, yeah. So then to dock him for being small seems redundant. It seems like bad process. Or if a guy comes out today that runs a lot faster than we had thought, you can't jump him up too much because there's a reason why we tempered our expectations coming into the combine. You know stuff of that age. So it's a good thing you bring that up. That kind of put together some sort of base knowledge and always refer back to that as they hit these launching pads so you know if man is he really warranted to find this stock am i getting value if this stock goes up this high behind that player so uh, i'm glad you brought that up my next question for you and this is kind of just for you know all the different listeners that are out there they play in a bunch of different leagues is there a particular format that would present the most rookie value at the moment whether it be best ball or if you're doing a super super early seasonal draft or anything like that is there a particular format or is this across the board you can really find value in your drafts right now targeting some of these rookies it's across the board it is everywhere but the smarter the platform the less value there is so at the FFPC 
there's a lot less value to be had than there is on underdog because you're playing against regular people on underdog mm. at the FFPC. You're playing against high stakes. They're usually a little bit smarter there. They're usually a little bit more informed. They've done their homework. And then when you go to sleeper, that is the biggest value right now. So they're, they're barely ranked on sleeper. Some of these guys don't even have an accessible ADP. Some of these rookies, including Bijan Robinson. So that is something to exploit when you're up against your friends and stuff. You'll see, Hey, why is he going so late? Why is his AD? Oh, ADP just hasn't caught up yet because reasons that we can't right. explain. It's right. the off season. People are slow to update right now. So pretty much across the board, but the less informed platforms like sleeper, like Yahoo, like ESPN, those are all just crazy value right now because it's the off season. Those people are probably on vacation, at least with underdog. There's a little bit of experts and then a lot of regular people as well. Right. So I got to ask right now, what is the best value according to rookies and drafts right now? What do you, who, what type of player, what player do you see the most value currently? Well, it's It's usually the running back position. And it's easy to say Bijan because, like I said earlier, we know he's going to end up as a first-round pick. That's going to happen. When he gets right. drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, he's going to be drafted in the first round of redraft. He's the 101 in Dynasty. The world will catch up. So yeah. it could be him, but it could also be Jameer Gibbs because every year we see some sort of running back jump into RB1 territory. Last year, it, it didn't actually happen. Brees Hall was seventh in points per game, but he got hurt. So I'm still mm -hmm. counting that as a win. And then Kenneth Walker, he finished as RB15 in points per game. Najee Harris, the year before, he was the RB5 in points per game. We saw Elijah Mitchell hit RB18, and Javante Williams hit RB24. The year before, it was James Robinson, RB5, Jonathan Taylor, RB8, DeAndre Swift, RB16, Antonio Gibson, RB17, CEH, RB21. And then even J.K. Dobbins, he didn't rank inside the top two sets of RBs and points per game, but he turned it on at the end of the year. Right. And that's the other benefit of drafting rookie running backs is at some point that light is going to click. There's no reason that Jameer Gibbs can't be this year's version of an Alvin Kamara type where he starts as the pass catching back. And as the year goes on, he just continues to gain value. Mm -hmm. Love Jameer Gibbs. I think he is probably the best value right now, but Roshan Johnson could end up being it as well. RB2, according to Cody, according to Cody Carpentier, he is going to absolutely climb when he gets drafted on day two of the draft, so right. round two, round three. And something that I think we're going to have to pay attention to this year is in previous years, when you're a fourth round running back, we kind of write you off. Well, it's the fourth round. This is when it stops, stops mattering as much. I think that's changing, as we saw with Damian Pierce and some others. I think the fourth round is the new third round when it comes to running backs. These teams are just realizing how little value there is in drafting a running back high. So we're going to be watching these running backs drafted in round one, round two, round three, round four now. And if a lot of people aren't savvy enough to catch up on that, they're still going to be writing off these round four running backs. Roshan Johnson goes in round four. Value. Absolute value. Mm -hmm. I think... 2022 kind of broke that stereotype, right? I mean, Pacheco, yeah, he was not necessarily a RB1, but when you needed him that throughout the last, I think it was 12 games of the season, 10 points a game, 800 rushing yards. Here, fifth round pick, he was a thousand yard rusher and won some people some leagues because he was, he came on really strong at the end. Rashad White caught 50 balls. He was, you know, he came, he was a third round pick, I believe, last year. Yep. So, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be first round second round picks and well like you said 
the values kind of shifted in the NFL draft and we can take advantage of that value because, you know, maybe some more of the casuals in your league might say to themselves or straight say to you, why would you want that guy who's taking in the fourth round? And you're going to go, well, buddy, you obviously don't know about this prospect and you don't know about this team. And now we all saw Cody, you know, boots on the ground, him with Alex over at the combine coach after coach talked about the importance of the RBBC, the running back by committee. So even if Jameer Gibbs goes to a team that has, a running back that is reliable or someone who was used last year. Let's just say for shits and gigs, the Texans. We all kind of like Damian Pierce. Jameer Gibbs goes there in the third round. And we're like, I don't know. But you can, like you said, he gets his foot in the door. He catches some passes. And all of a sudden, there's an injury to Pierce, something of that nature. And boom, wheels up on Gibbs and his value just skyrockets. So, yeah, absolutely running back value. I agree with that. It, it seems as if, it, you know, they're going through rookies in the wide receiver position it seems almost spot on maybe i'm wrong there so if you want to touch upon it real quick the the wide receiver value is there a lot of it because i don't tend to see a ton of rookie wide receiver value at this time of year in drafts there's less of it and it's usually because people do get overexcited about rookie wide receivers mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. there's usually some contributors if we look back by year 2019 we had hollywood debo aj brown dk metcalf deontay johnson and terry mclaurin all great contributors but they were wide receiver two at best wide receiver mm-hmm. three types we did have justin jefferson in 2020 cd lamb brandon Ayuk really came on strong at the end so did t higgins and michael Pittman. but again they came on strong at the end right and their value was a little bit skewed 2021 jamar chase was getting drafted spot on people love mm-hmm. jamar chase after what justin jefferson did he was getting drafted a, a little bit late by the end of it because oh the drops in training camp but he was going in a good spot jalen waddle Devonte smith the guy that really was underrated was amon ross st brown right and then last year drake london garrett wilson chris alave they all offered some weeks they all flashed but you get the one value in christian watson So for the most part, wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, they're kind of going where they should Mm -hmm. and they will continue to. It's the running backs that you get just a little bit more value. And I think that might be because at running back, there's only so much, there's only one ball to go around, right? There's only one running back on the field most times. Whereas at wide receiver, yeah, there's still only one ball to go around, but you can make a case for the wide receiver three for a lot of teams to, oh, well, he could get some fantasy points this year. And that's not reality. So I much prefer the value of rookie running backs. We'll pick and choose a couple of these rookie guys that we like, but it's got to be the early drafted guys, the fourth, fifth round, sixth round wide receivers, not interested in them for year one. And I just want to tackle on a couple of things to that point, because I think you're spot on. Uh, The NFL they fe- like they are absolutely fascinated by rookie running backs. They invest a ton of draft capital in those players. So it's tough for, you know, your your fantasy gamers to not go with that type of value. When you see six guys go in the first round, five guys go in the first round, those are going to be five wide receivers that are accurately valued at this time of year in drafts. No question about it. And then the, the second point that I want to put on top of that is you mentioned it earlier in the show, why it's so important to have a background on these guys separate from what you see of the talking heads on the NFL Network, ESPN. Because when an Amon Ra Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown falls to round four, you could get tremendous value because going into that process, I was a fan of Amon Ra. Guys that I trust, Ray G, uh, you know, Cody, guys who I trust in this space were like, no, Amon Ra's a baller. 
And then I was able to get him at crazy spots, trade for him way below value because he was a good player. And then all of a sudden hard knocks hits and they see that viral clip of him literally listing every receiver. And it was like, damn, man, I missed the boat on an absolute dog. That kind of sucks. So wide receiver value, not as good as running back value. I absolutely agree with you there. So that was kind of the best value. What is the worst value you see right now in these drafts, according to rookies? Always tight end. Always, always, always tight end. Tight end is the most difficult position to predict. It -hmm. is the most difficult position to hit early in your careers. And in the end, it's the position that makes the least difference in fantasy football. Because unless you become Rob Gronkowski, unless you become Travis Kelsey, unless you become that one season of Mark Andrews, unless you become George Kittle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because there's going to be an Evan Ingram who has a solid season, but not spectacular. There's going to be Daniel Bellinger weeks because he scores a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Just save yourself the headache. Don't go with these rookie tight ends. I know Michael Mayer is cool. I know Darnell Washington's an absolute freak. I know Dalton Kincaid is a freak and a lot of fun as well, but just save yourself the headache. Avoid these guys in fantasy. It's not going to help you long-term. How many year three, year four veterans have just been discarded that are clones of this mm-hmm. year's class. Hunter Long, remember him? Oh, a lot yeah. of people loved Hunter Long. Still do. Maybe he's the tight end of the future for the Dolphins, but this is year three, and he still hasn't hit, and we loved him. He was the best tight end in that class, if I remember correctly. So you, tight end, always a terrible value. So true. And you could just go through the laundry list. Noah Fant, has he truly been an asset in fantasy? No. TJ Hawkinson was good but he wasn't consistent. He's looking like maybe he's going to be unlocked in Minnesota, but still that was a guy that was taking the 10th overall pick 11th overall pick super high pick in rookie drafts. And he didn't necessarily give you much. I can go back. Austin Safarian Jenkins, Jason Morrow, these absolute freak athletes that were supposed to come in and take the tight end world by storm. And then you're sitting there and you don't really have a whole lot to show for it. Two or three years in uh, Even Kyle Pitts. I was going to bring him up. That was going to be my next question. How many of us are still waiting on Kyle Pitts? And how many will continue to wait on Kyle Pitts? And this is this is another thing that often gets underrated, underlooked at. Mm-hmm. People that struggle in their first year or are coming off of injuries in their second year, a lot of time they get unfairly knocked because, well, you know, they didn't break out right away. Done with them. Right. Kyle Pitts, I don't think we're going to have that problem. I think there's always going to be some people that – Love Kyle Pitts, always expect him to break out. So I don't think you're going to get any value there where a lot of other players you would. Like Travis Etienne, you got a lot of value with him missing that first year or two to injury. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts, I think people are just going to go right back to the Kyle Pitts well and be in love with him once again. And the thing about Pitts, and this is kind of a a, kind of a going off the rails here, but you know, we do what we want here in the game plan. It's all for fun and it's all beneficial for people who take it in. Kyle Pitts is also the ultimate tease because his underlying metrics are so, so juicy. Number one air yard share in tight end position, the most deep targets, second best a dot, fifth most air yards total by the tight end position, the first most unrealized air yards at the tight end position. So there's all of these factors, these little breadcrumbs that's going to lead us back to taking him in the third, fourth round of startups. And it's just, like you said, it presents terrible value. But we talk about running backs, receivers, tight ends. Let's talk about quarterbacks just really quick. Is there is there any value in, in quarterbacks in one QB or Superflex? 
Eh, in in Superflex, yes, there's always going to be value at Superflex, but in one QB, not so much because mm-hmm. you're not going to be playing those rookie quarterbacks. And we're shooting for upside. Who are the upside plays this year? Bryce Young. I wouldn't call Bryce Young an upside play as a fantasy football quarterback. He's not Mm-mm. electric enough with his legs. Same with CJ Stroud. I love both of these quarterbacks. I think they're both going to be fantastic real life NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The upside plays, the rushing guys are Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. So that's fun, but are either of them going to start this year or how long? Two years down the road, they're not going to be starting. So there's less value for those two guys in a one quarterback league. You'll be able to trade for them after they have a so-so rookie year. In Superflex, yeah, there's always value at the quarterback position in Superflex. Anthony Richardson could end up being the 102 if he's drafted by the Detroit Lions. Will Levis, same thing. A lot mm-hmm. of the different guys, they'll see their value skyrocket. So I like quarterback. It just depends on what you need, and it's got to be super flex. If it's one quarterback, I just don't care. Yeah, and even in super flex, they have value in your market. They have market value. They don't necessarily give your team a boost in value, and that's kind of the frustration with rookie quarterbacks, in my opinion, is you're forced to take them in the top four or five picks in your rookie draft. You're also expected to reach on them in startups. So you have to get – and then you get a guy like, like Mac Jones, for instance. Looked pretty good in year one, but he wasn't a fantasy winner. He wasn't getting you what you needed, but you had to take him. You had to take him. He was a you know the 15th overall pick. He was on Bill Belichick's system. All of a sudden, Mac Jones is that guy. You got to draft him high. And the same could be said for you know a number of the quarterbacks coming out this year, where you know you have to use your 103 on Bryson. You have to use your 102 or your 104 on Stroud, on Levis, and all these guys. And they may not even be your weekly starter at quarterback. You may end up finding. I don't know who Desmond Ritter looks good. Um, you know, someone that you don't expect is a better contributor in a given season. So I don't love the value for quarterbacks. I understand why you have to value them. And I also understand why you have to attack them in startups and rookie drafts because they hold value. A number of people have talked about how they don't lose value because even if they stink, they're a quarterback and there's only 32 of them. And when you start two in a 12 team league, you're, they go away really, really fast. Shout out to Harry Snowman for trading me Baker Mayfield. I was excited about that. So that's an example of why these quarterbacks must be valued, but at the same time, they don't always bring value to your squad. No, I have a two-part. They don't. They don't. And it is what it is. I get it. But that's why in like a one quarterback, you know, my rookie mocks that I'm doing that are one quarterback, the only one I'm going after is Richardson. And I like the other quarterbacks. I'm not a, a, a hater of the other three. It's just at that point, if, I, if I'm going to take a guy – in one QB, I'm looking for guys that can, you know, maybe pass the Lamar Jackson's, Justin Fields of the league. And I just don't see anyone in this class doing that, you know, eclipsing, going into the top eight, the big echelon of quarterbacks other than Richardson because the rushing ability is going to be crazy. And the man is built like a Greek god. 6'4", 245, I think it is, 255. Holy cow. But this isn't an Anthony Richardson show. This is Jack Cavanaugh on the game plan, and we're going to talk rookie values. My next question is a two-parter. What rookie, in your opinion, will climb the most between now and our in fantasy draft season? And which rookie do you see falling the most in terms of value from now until our fantasy draft season? Uh, for the one who's going to climb the most, I think we have to go with Roshan Johnson. I think that he is going to ball at the that. combine. Here in Alex Dunlap, he he could run in the 4-4s, four could crack 4-4. Four four. I, I think that's more, more unlikely, but if... Roshan Johnson runs 4-4-4, value's going to explode. And then when he gets drafted on day two of the draft, 
value's going to explode again. So Roshan Johnson, I think, is just going to continue to climb. He's Cody's RB2 ahead of Jameer Gibbs, which that is a big statement because Jameer Gibbs, yeah. he's a pass catcher. Now, as for guys that are going to fall in value, I don't know. It really is going to depend on how the combine shakes out today, who disappoints. I think we may see people falling on Jackson Smith and Jigba mm. unfairly. And maybe Jordan Addison too, because Jordan Addison came in pretty small. Jackson yeah, Jigba, he's not running the 40. So that will knock him down for a lot of people, but that's unfair. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a baller. He's going to be a possession receiver in the NFL. He's also offers some explosiveness just because he doesn't offer the straight line speed of Chris Olave of Garrett Wilson. I'm not worried about it, but I know certain people will be. And I know certain, like I was worried when T Higgins, T Higgins didn't do a whole lot at the NFL combine. And then at his pro day, he disappointed that will worry people like me a couple years ago. And then you learn to realize, okay, it doesn't matter that much. He's still a stud. We're not mm-hmm. moving Jackson Smith and jig, but down. Yeah. But I think he's going to lose some value. And I think we're going to have to capitalize on that. I think we will see in terms of value that could go up. Roshan, you absolutely nailed it. Uh, Roshan has been on an absolute steady incline in terms of his value from the senior bowl to now. And it's just going to keep getting higher and higher in my opinion. So I'm going to completely agree there Uh, in terms of value that I could see falling. I think there could be a handful of running backs. Your Tajay Spears, your maybe Dwayne McBride, Chase Brown, just this massive grouping of guys that we kind of love alike, don't love. And, you know, even though I like Spears a whole lot, but he, these guys could blaze the 40. They could look good in the in the drills. They could be bigger than expected, all this stuff, and all of a sudden their value goes up. They get drafted in the fifth round. And even like we said, people need to be cautious. People need to expect that. Most casuals are going to go, what do you mean he's a fifth round, sixth round pick? Don't care. Boom. He's a third round pick now in rookie drafts. Oh, he just tumbled all the way down ADP in your startups and best ball drafts. So I think there's going to be a grouping of good athletes that test well their value could drop based on where they're drafted. But in terms of the skyrocket, the guy who's going to skyrocket is definitely Roshan Johnson. JoJo in the chat, she mentions that CJ Stroud was probably the best interview, unless you're a masseuse or a dog trainer, because apparently he looked up to Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson. That was a play style comp. He wasn't talking. Yeah, I know. I know. And I mean, (laughs) listen, I had to take the low hanging fruit joke, but at the same time, if I was drafting a quarterback that could play a little like Vic and a little like Deshaun, (laughs) I ain't mad. Those are really, really good quarterbacks on the field, but I just had to poke the joke. He also said Joe Burrow and everyone leaves that part out. Oh, it's not as funny. Joe Burrow's the man. Like, Oh, of course you look at the Joe Burrow. You know, it makes sense. But you know, when the low hanging fruit jokes there, your boy Kiwoom is going to grab it. I just can't resist. Can't do it. My, my wife gets mad at me for making, jokes at inopportunistic times as well so i mean it is what it is it's ingrained in me i can't i can't shake it so the last question i'm going to ask before we wrap up this segment is if you miss out on your rookie the rookie that you've you've scouted you've followed you've tracked all of this of the value and you miss someone else in your league snatches them up are there moments in the off season between now and september ish when the real draft season kicks off where you can get in to to some of these players here buy some stocks it's tougher during the off season. Mm. You kind of have to wait for some negative press to come out. Something like they're not performing in, uh, in training camp. Jamar chase is dropping too many passes in training camp. Those can't see the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But it's usually more during the season. It's early Mm -hmm. in the year when people come out and say, 
Well, he, he he's not performing the way he was supposed to. Jonathan Taylor sucks. He was Matt Marlon Mack's backup, and now that he does have the starting job because Marlon Mack got hurt, he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That is the time where you can capitalize. A lot of the time, it, and it depends on your league. A lot of the times, if you're playing with smarter people, they'll say, no, this is just how it works with rookies because we got to remember, it's an entire life change for them. Mm-hmm. Not only is it an upgrade in competition from college to the NFL, there's an upgrade in lifestyle. There's mm-hmm. an upgrade in commitments, what you have to do on a daily basis. Your life becomes so much more scheduled. It's a big change. So it takes time to adjust to change. And don't be surprised when mm-hmm. all of a sudden the light clicks and all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor's a league winner. David Montgomery, all of a sudden he's a league winner. Right. Miles Sanders, all of a sudden he's past Jordan Howard on the depth chart. This is just something that happens. And that's the time to capitalize that is when you can get the guys you missed out on you got to pay attention throughout the offseason to look for those little windows of Mm -hmm. negative press but for the most part it's a during the season trade you got to make completely agree i wanted to put this question in there because i often see it in discord and you know i do trade gods with jason so trades kind of get brought up and people ask about getting the the rookie that they weren't able to get and the thing i will piggyback this that's my takeout piggyback on what you're saying um the offseason is this combination that can be frustrating at times of perception in reality and or in the offseason it, it's way more outweighed by the perception of players over the reality because there are no fantasy points being made there are no nfl stats being accumulated there are no injuries there are no games there's nothing it's just what people believe and regardless of what could happen if you believe that bryce young is a qb1 there's nothing that this weekend will happen that will take you off of that and you're not wrong because guess what you can't figure it out there's no games. There's no stats. There's nothing. There's no fantasy points. So the perception in the offseason always outweighs reality. And that's why I don't think that it's easy to jump into these rookies, buy into some rookies if you miss out in drafts. So really be aggressive in your drafts. Even if you are sacrificing just a little bit of value, get your guys because you, it's going to be tough to get them in the offseason. And if they hit from week one, you ain't buying in unless you're willing to crazily overpay. And that's just, you know, that's not good practice here. It's not what we preach here at the game plan. Before we move on, I just want to ask you any final thoughts on maximizing 2023 rookie value in drafts right now? Just follow the ADP and follow ADP trends. As I've said, Bijan Robinson is going to end up as a first round pick in fantasy drafts. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. By September, he's going to be going at the 110, the 111. In that range, Roshan Johnson, he's going to end up a fifth round pick and it's going to take time, but it's going to happen. Jameer Gibbs, he's probably going to end up as a second, third round pick. Keep an eye on how these things change and how you expect it to play out in the end, because we have historical data. We can see how previous running backs and wide receivers have climbed. We know what to expect. Use the information at your disposal and make sure that you get these rookies because someone's going to end up as a top scorer. Someone's going to end mm-hmm. up as a league winner. And you probably already know a couple of those guys and who they could be. And you bring up league winners. Okay. Sometimes you can be on the road and a trade pops up. Someone reaches out to you and you're like, what? I can't. Is this guy a league winner? Is he? I don't know. I can't tell. Well, if you listeners download the dynasty dominator app, you can get all that knowledge and it's at, the tip of your finger it is on your phone in that app the dynasty dominator app it features lifetime value lookup tool trade analyzer and the player comparison tool so even if you're on the go 
you can make sure that you're maximizing your knowledge and get those league winners on your team. It's the only trade analyzer that is a true mobile app for Apple. Android doesn't matter. And we now have projected values for 2023 rookie picks as well as the 2023 rookie class. I got the, I'll put the description in uh, or the, the link in the description on how you can download the Dynasty Dominator app. Make sure you do that today and take your Dynasty game to the next level. Okay, Jack, so you did a mock if I'm not mistaken, you put together a mock for all the game planners and we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. We're going to go into what was some value, some things you like, some things you didn't like. So let's go ahead and look at the, probably the first, let's say I'm going to count. So sorry, two, four, six, 15 rounds, 20 rounds. What was it? 17 round draft, 17 round draft. Here it is. This is Jack's roster sitting right in front of us. So what were your general thoughts on this mock? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Was it mid? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Getting Justin Jefferson, CD lamb back to back (laughs) that just insane. Deandre Swift. The fact that he's going in the third round behind Travis Etienne behind Najee Harris behind Joe Mixon and Dalvin cook two cut candidates. What what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Bijan Robinson in the fourth round. Love that. Kenneth Walker. I wish I had drafted a quarterback instead of Kenneth Walker. Dak Prescott is fine, but he's kind of the, the bottom of that. He and Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, I I suppose, could ascend as well. But I think having that difference maker at quarterback would be a little bit more valuable than Kenneth Walker if I had, say, Lamar Jackson, or I waited for Justin Fields instead. That's the one regret. But still, Devontae Smith, stud. Garrett Wilson, stud. Christian Watson, Rashad Bateman, studs in the making. And the other one is tight end David Njoku. I missed out on that top tier of tight ends, but... A lot of tight ends getting overdrafted. The fact Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz, he's not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. He's going to be the new Austin Hooper. The fact he's going above Dallas Goddard, just insane. So those are kind of the things I missed out on as quarterback and tight end, but I'm so loaded at running back and wide receiver. It matters just a little bit less. And this is one QB league uh, for all our listeners who doesn't see the video, but what are you doing? Go check out the video on YouTube. But anyway, one QB. So Dallas, uh, Dak Prescott, He's serviceable, but because I think you nailed a lot of the positions, you now you have some you have some, a little bit of flexibility. You can move somebody if you need to if you think this is an upgrade. And I love the strategy of waiting on tight end if you strike out early, and that's usually what I use because man, Mark Andrews in the third is not as sexy as it used to be. I love T.J. Hawkinson in the sixth. That's something I do like. Or Goddard in the eighth. I will look, gravitate towards that. But if you miss out or if you see someone else you like. Wait for Njoku in round 12. I love that. I'm seeing Komet in the 13th. I'm seeing all those guys there. Plus, you know, we do it every year. There are guys who come from absolutely nowhere at the tight end position to be a week in and week out starter. So love that part of the strategy. The first thing that stuck out to me was the master class you put on in the top five rounds. You kind of touched upon it here, but getting our dynasty wide receiver one, our dynasty wide receiver three, in the first two rounds, not the not not two picks in the first round, getting CD Lamb to fall to you. Tell me, how surprised were you when you saw that that pick come in? It was John, it was Josh Allen, and not CD Lamb. And now he's sitting right there for you to take as your wide receiver too. I, I just don't get it, especially again in one quarterback. How can you draft Josh Allen ahead of CD Lamb? How can you draft Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, the two cut candidates, not going to be on their team? They're going to be fighting with this free agent class at running back. How do you draft them ahead of CD Lamb? It just doesn't make sense. AJ Brown too; he's getting pushed down the board. Like, mm-hmm. why? 
why are these guys falling behind quarterbacks and running backs who will not be on the same team as next year? Yeah, and it also helps when the uh, the, the one-two turn takes two running backs, like you said, that are potentially cut candidates. That is fantastic there. Uh, you mentioned not loving the Kenneth Walker pick, maybe hoping it, or, or if you could go back, it would be a quarterback. I love that value, though, because I love DeAndre Swift, but at the same time, we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Dan Campbell said all the right things that we're going to take this as a completely new season, a completely new approach. We're going to monitor his reps and practice so that we can maximize his skill on the field on Sundays. So I, I like getting him in third. I think that's a good pick. But backing him up with two bona fide weekend weekend starters. Oh, man, now you're really cooking with gas because you get that flexibility and all of a sudden, if DeAndre Swift is having a 2023 that's similar to 2022, you can move him, and he will he'll sustain enough value to to better something here on the field. Uh, or, I mean, on your on your fantasy team, were you shocked that Rashad Bateman was there in the tenth? Yeah, yeah. People have really soured on Rashad Bateman, and he's getting fights with his general manager. But Rashad Bateman's a dog; he's an absolute alpha. I'm not worried about Rashad Bateman at all. I just want him to be healthy enough to prove. What we already know that he is an alpha. He can get open at will. We saw it earlier in the season where he was just catching 70 yard bombs. Rashad Bateman, he is going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. I like Rashad. I think he's good value for sure. Uh, you touched upon potentially going back in time. You get in the time machine, you find Doc Brown, and you go ahead and you swap out Kenneth Walker for, you know, like you mentioned, Lamar Jackson or a quarterback. But other than that, is there something that you would go back to change to truly really make turn it for, you know, if you had it ranked an A to an A plus or an A plus to an A plus 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 plus? I think it, it there's not much. I think I should have drafted Roshan Johnson. Don't even see him because because Sleeper still just hates all of these running backs. I don't think he got drafted at all. So maybe go with Rashawn Johnson instead of Zamir White at the end. But this was mm-hmm. before the Josh Jacobs franchise tag news came in. So I don't fully regret it, but no, I'm pretty thrilled with this. Even my late round guys like Jahan Dotson, he's going to be the wide receiver too. Curtis Samuel has the highest cap hit on the Washington Commanders, so he's probably getting cut. Jahan Dotson now a wide receiver too. Jacoby mm-hmm. Myers, he's about to get paid. He's going to be this year's Christian Kirk and DJ Chark. Because I would not have thought DJ Chark would get paid, but because this wide receiver class is so weak, mm-hmm. I think he leaves the Detroit Lions. Jamison Williams steps in for him, and DJ Chark is free to go ball somewhere else. The bottom part of this draft is, I mean, I, you hate to give out 100% on test, but holy shit, is this close. I mean, you're <laughs> touching all of the points where I just think this right now is the value of drafting early in startups or best balls because the summer hasn't played out, and all of a sudden these ADPs are so, so far behind. Getting Myers in the 15th round Oh, I love that. I've been getting him everywhere that I can. Kenneth Gainwell, a player profiler favorite. But let's call a spade a spade. If they don't go out and get Bijan in round one, he's safe. That And I, maybe that's a bold call. I think there's literally one selection they can make that would crater his value, and that's Bijan in round one. They get Roshan in round two. I think that's a perfect compliment for one another. If they get a Dwayne McBride, one of these kind of grinders, these guys who are good runners, a Zach Charbonnet even, doesn't. It doesn't kill his value, in my opinion, because I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be around, and I think what he showed when they needed him most does matter. Do you ever take into anything into that in consideration the playoff uh, usage, the playoff success or failures? Do you kind of boil that into your evaluations? Because 
you know, the platforms certainly don't. You know, absolutely I do. Kenneth Gainwell, the fact that he was so trusted in that Super Bowl over Miles Sanders, the fact that he was getting the receptions and the goal line work, that matters. And this is exactly what we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette was the RB2 behind Ronald Jones for most of the year. And then we all remember playoff Lenny. And there was a big discussion that year after. Well, Ronald Jones was the starter for the season, so obviously he's the starter still. He only lost a job because he got hurt and Fournette played so good. Yeah, that's the point. He lost the job. He lost the job in the playoffs. And we're just going to ignore that because ADP, they were one slot apart. They were right back to back. But Ronald Jones was getting drafted first and it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. How are these two both being drafted in the 40s and Ronald Jones is going ahead of Leonard Fournette? Mm -hmm. We're going to see stuff like that happen where it's, hey, I know the playoffs. We're not taking the efficiency from it, but we are taking the messages from it. This team likes Leonard Fournette more than they like Ronald Jones. Now. Right. This team likes Kenneth Gainwell more than they like Miles Sanders. Now, just because it wasn't true during the regular season doesn't mean it's not true. We adapt to new information. We take the playoffs into account. Fortunately, there's not a lot of other situations where we really have to worry about something like that. The only potential one being Samaj AP Ryan with the Cincinnati Bengals, but that'll become clear if Joe Mixon is cut. Right. And they don't bring someone in. Uh, I, I agree with you there. Uh, one thing I don't, a player I don't see here on the big board, not in your team, not on anyone's team. And I've been asking everyone this because I'm starting to get the fever, I'm starting to get the Jordan Love fever. What are your thoughts on him? And kind of, are you looking to take him at the end of a, a, a one QB draft, or, or am I just crazy for starting to get so much love for Jordan Love? I don't think you're crazy, especially at the end of drafts. The fact that he's pretty much being undrafted. And in best ball, that's going to be another good situation as well. I do think Aaron Rodgers ultimately does come back to the Green Bay Packers. I don't think they want him to. I think they would rather have Jordan Love as their starter, but it's not ultimately up to the Green Bay Packers. It's up to Aaron Rodgers. He controls everything with that cap hit that he has. He has to sign a new contract to lower his cap hit. He has to sign off on any trade that gets done because he can pull the Rob Gronkowski. What do you mean I'm traded? I'm retired. (laughs) So... It's unfortunate, but I think Aaron Rodgers is back. I don't hate the Jordan Love pick, though, because if I'm wrong, his value is going to skyrocket. If Jordan Love is a starter for the Green Bay Packers, he's going to go from pretty much undrafted, unless you're taking him in the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th round by Matty Kiwum. He's going to go from that to 15th round, 13th round, and he's just going to keep climbing. And I wanted to bring up Love because I saw that you took Watson here in the ninth round, which is pretty good value, in my opinion. And I think you're getting that value now because of the uncertainty. But I also want to pivot to talk about how insane is Aaron Rodgers? Just the man is, he's becoming, he's gone, he's gone so far around the globe that he's coming over to the side that I like him now. Like he's just becoming (laughs) like that crazy uncle that does drugs in the woods and goes in darkness retreats. But on the other hand, he's going on a podcast and the beginning of the part saying he doesn't want to drag anyone along, but then just proceeds to drag the entire football community along. Like, this guy is crazy. But, yeah, I hope he leaves. I hope he goes to another team because I think he could really skyrocket the values of the Jets receivers or get, you know, make sure that we still get the good years out of Devontae Adams as he's on his way out of his, you know, dominance in fantasy. So, uh, uh, side note, get Rodgers out of Green Bay because I love me some Jordan Love. I'm looking at your roster here. Two guys that are rookies, 2023 rookies, 
basically the consensus running back one and running back two, other than Cody. Cody's got Roshan, but you got Gibbs and you got Bijan. So touch upon kind of the value there. Were you surprised that they were available in round four and in round 11? And do you expect that to maintain or skyrocket in short order? Yeah, that's, there's no way that's going to maintain. I can't believe how broken Sleeper is with these rookies. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. in, it, it, insane value. Absolutely insane value. I love Sleeper. Uh, this is not a knock on Sleeper. This is just... There, it, could, it could be more accurate when you're actually drafting too, but this is just the ADP that they have in their mock. Mm-hmm. There's no way that holds up. As I've said many times, B. John Robinson, he's going to jump from that fifth round all the way to the first, and we're probably going to see a similar type jump from Jameer Gibbs jumping to that third, fourth round. And it's going to be great. It's going to be well-deserved. They're just going to keep climbing. These rookies are just going to keep keep climbing all off-season long. You're going to look back. You're going to look at the ADP on these ADP trackers and see, wow, that is just a straight line. It's like uh, Cannon when he showed up to the Cardinals camp. I keep going back to this because I find it so hilarious. Pew, 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 pew. Shots, shots up. Explosive. I can't. I, this is now the seventh podcast in a row in which I brought that up because the fact that he just Michael Scotted everybody in front of the, you know, on Twitter and all that is just hilarious i love it so much so okay so i love this draft i think you killed it and i think what you showed here is an absolute you know a great example of adp needing to catch up okay we we all love sleeper we love sleeper and they're not alone in the fact that they like to kind of let adp come back to them they don't attack the adp so you're able to find values and that's not just them you could find values in underdog you could find values all over the place obviously if you play with some sharps and you get you know the big dogs in there it's going to be harder to find some value but you know you'll still be able to extract some value from a given draft for sure so what were some of your favorite values on your team or maybe some values you saw in in the throughout the entire mock uh, well, for my team, obviously, I love the DeAndre Swift. I love the value on Kenneth Walker. That's why I did have to take him over a quarterback. Uh, Bijan Robinson, same thing. Khalil Herbert really stands out to me, though. Getting drafted in the 12th round, he's currently the starter of the Chicago Bears. They're probably mm-hmm. going to bring someone in to compete with him. But still, Khalil Herbert in the 12th round for a starting running back, that's Devin Singletary territory. And we've all seen how it sh- shook out with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary going in the 10th round, funnily enough. That's fine because we don't know where mm-hmm. he's going. Hate the value of James Cook, though. James Cook at the 309. Pardon? <laughs> just, <laughs> we've just accepted that, all right, James Cook is, is RB1 of the Buffalo Bills. And because he's the RB1 of the Buffalo Bills, that means he's one of the most explosive running backs on the most explosive offense in the NFL. So we're mm-hmm. going to draft him before Josh Jacobs. We're going to draft him before Aaron Jones who's back with the Green Bay Packers. The fact that James Cook is getting drafted ahead of B. John Robinson, that is just stupid. Yes. And that, I mean, that won't happen. We, we, we've talked about that. Won't That won't happen throughout. But that's why you got to draft now. That's why it's fun to draft now because you can truly get insane value. Cook, I like Cook. I'm not going to sit here and talk badly about his Great. skill set or his fit. But what is stopping them from bringing back Devin Singletary on a nothing deal to do what Devin Devin Singletary was not a world beater by any stretch, but he was a double-digit average running back. I think he averaged like 10.6 points a game, something in that range. And he did what they asked of him. When they needed him in close games, he could score and he could run the football. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back or maybe they go get a Roshan in the third or Dwayne McBride in the sixth. You know, these these 
you know, good running backs, but don't necessarily maybe have the all encompassing bell cow stuff because they have cook and don't sleep on Naheem Hines, ladies and gentlemen. I know he didn't do diddly squat for them, but he was massive for them in special teams. So he has good, like good value within that organization. He was intricate into, you know, the playoff run that they had, even though it fell short, he was good for them. And, They've talked about him at the combine this week. They mentioned that they're happy to have him on board. So that's, uh, you know, those are the type of things you have to factor in as well. Uh, last question that I have for you, and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from your mouth. Does this build, does it push you down to a certain path this year and beyond? So let's just say this was a 1QB dynasty startup. Does this make, are you winning now with this team? Are you going to push in to try to win 2023? Or are you going to keep retooling, keep getting some value? Or is this a winner? Oh, this is absolutely a winner. And this, this is a winner. winner. This is a this damn is a winner. winner for a long, long time ahead. This is this a is damn a winner. This is a team that's going to be winning for years to come. And this is what I like to do in Dynasty. I like to play both sides of the the win now and the future. So mm-hmm. I, I like to shoot for these young upside guys, but I also like players that are good. So, <laughs> yeah. And value is value. You know, whether you're winning or you're losing, sometimes you can't say no to something that doesn't necessarily make sense for your strategy in a given year. So stay flexible. We always preach flexibility here at the game plan. Any final thoughts on this draft other than the fact that you absolutely get an A plus for me, your uh, your Matty Kiwoo teacher of this class. I don't know if that makes sense. Words just sometimes fall out of my face. But how, any final thoughts on this awesome mock draft that you put together? Uh, just let the value come to you. Seems like the value at wide receiver right now. CD lamb falling to round two. Just absurd. Let the value come to you. Adapt as it comes in. Never go into any draft either with a plan already made. My plan, my default plan, a lot of the time, I think is going to end up being wide receiver, wide receiver, because there's so many question mm-hmm. marks at running back. But if Jonathan Taylor falls, past Justin Jefferson, then yeah, I'll take him. It just depends on where he falls. Be adaptable. Be ready for whatever comes your way because it's going to be a fun offseason of all sorts of value. Absolutely. Be adaptable. Have a game plan. Don't just go in there and just kind of bowl in a china shop, chicken with the head cut off type of thing. But don't be afraid to deviate from the strategy because value is extracted by flexibility. If you stay rigid in your strategy, you will miss out on a whole lot of value. And you could tell here there was some pivots made. And personally, I do like to attack wide receivers if the draft is earlier in the summer because there's more certainty. There's less of that injury factor that we get, unfortunately, from running backs. But if we get closer to the the opening day, week one, you know, I'm a little bit more uh, accepting of of the the running back value, and I don't necessarily hunt for wide receivers like I do uh, right now. So that's gonna wrap up the mock draft breakdown. I got a couple things I just want to send everyone away with. First, here at the game plan, I like to assign a homework assignment for all of our listeners, something that they can help get better at fantasy. Sorry, folks, this week I do have homework, but it ain't going to get you better at fantasy. It was just a movie I watched with my wife and kids last weekend, and I just got to say this. The Greatest Showman is so damn good, and if you have never seen the movie The Greatest Showman, you need to go watch it now on Disney+. Plus. Fantastic show. Have you ever seen that movie? That is P.T. Barnum, right? The musical? P.T. Barnum. Yep. Hugh yep, Jackman, uh, Zac Efron, yep. and Zendaya. Fantastic yep. movie. Love the movie. Great music. Great choreography. If you like musicals, go check out. the. I wish I'd go check out the game plan. You're definitely going to check out the game plan, but also go check out The Greatest Showman. And my final thought for this week, episode 25, is the NFL. I got to give my flowers to the NFL. They're just fantastic. They have by far the best offseason season 
Super Bowl was less than a month away, and we are watching the Combine this weekend. Just a couple weeks from now, free agency starts. Then it'll be draft weekend, and then it's the offseason OTAs. Then it's the preseason, and then all of a sudden, it's week one. The way the NFL just has these chapters, it's like the most perfect chapter book. Their flow is certainly elite. So shout out NFL for keeping the the gamers, the fiends of fantasy like you and myself on the hook. Keep us occupied with new information that just keeps on coming. So, Mr. Kavanaugh, please tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials, where they can find your content, all that good stuff. Well, you can find me everywhere at Javanaugh87. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me seven nights a week at 7 p.m. Eastern on Player Profiler today, bringing you all the news that you need around the NFL. And on March 13th, I believe, I believe it's March 13th. We have a very special episode of Player Profiler today with the one, the only Maddie Kiwum to talk about, as you just said, free agency. Free mm-hmm. agency is less just over two weeks away. I got to check the calendar. It's the 15th, fourth. I think. I think it's, it's the 15th that officially kicks off. 13th is when it, like the free agency. The tampering the, period or whatever yeah. you call it, right? And so we're going to get a bunch of deals announced that day. So we're... Two-ish weeks away, yeah. a little bit less than that, week and a half away from free agency. Wow. We're going to be doing that show, me and Maddie. We're going to be back together in short order. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. It's truly a pleasure. I love getting to chat with you. Jack, definitely going to have you on again. Thank you so much for extending or accepting the invite. And I just got to say, when you gave me the, the calendar or the, the schedule for fantasy, uh, Player Profiler today, when I saw that Monday, right before the the, the Fringe kicked off. I was like, that's got to be us because that is going to be such a fun day. And you coming on the show, you had such a fun show. You provided so much good information. Would definitely like to have you back at some point this offseason and definitely during the regular season as well. So that's going to be a wrap on episode 25 of the game plan. Make sure you like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kuhn and follow both of the Player Profiler TikTok accounts at Player Profiler and Profiler underscore NFL because we have videos coming out. We snip uh, clips of the Player Profiler today, throw it on TikTok. It's a great place to get your short form information on a daily basis. And if you love fantasy football, and obviously you do because you're watching the game plan and you're tuning in to fantasy football content, make sure you are joining the Player Profiler Discord channel where me, Jack, and other members of the Underworld, we're talking fantasy 24-7. So just get on in there if you love fantasy football. and Make sure you check out all the other great shows, all the other great content creators on the network because Player Profiler is going to the proverbial moon and beyond. So keep game planning, my friends, and I will see you next week. Peace.